Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, if you don't, the scripture will be on the screen. Colossians chapter 3. We've been in a series called Greater Than, going through the book of Colossians verse by verse. And I'm going to preach today a sermon that I didn't get to preach here. Um, And really, it's it's one to to bring into this new year as as we let go of washing off what has been and stepping into what God has for us. And the writer, the Apostle Paul, or St. Paul, as many know him, he begins in verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died. This is the gospel where you realize you need to die. You need to, like you in yourself, your your selfish desires, your selfish wants. As we know this, for many of us, when we, we get married, we realize, oh, it's not all about me. I need to die as we enter into that marriage, it becomes about, as we have children, it becomes about them. And as we be, enter into relationship with Jesus Christ, our old self passes away. We become someone new. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, the worship of things or people above God. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you also must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language, from your lips. Here Paul is, as much as he's highlighting to us the external sinful nature, he's also highlighting the importance of our internal sinful nature. That on the outside, you know, we may look good on the outside and we're living a good life, we've got everybody fooled, but in the inside, it's a different story. And our inner thinking and our inner thoughts and in our heart and unforgiveness and bitterness and all the different things that we have Paul is saying to us that we need to recognize that this is the old former way of living. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, at this place, in this moment, as the new you, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, that means it's religious or irreligious. If you're following according to a set rules and regulations and laws, or if you're one who's still trying to figure all this out, it doesn't matter what, what end of the scale that you're on. It doesn't matter if you're a barbarian or a Scythian, which is a savage, if you're slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Christ is all 
and is in all. That means if you haven't got your life sorted out, you don't know all the books of the Bible, you can't recall so many memory verses, you don't remember the last time you were in church, if you don't know anything whatsoever, don't worry. If you know Christ, He's all, He's in all, He's everything you need. There's nothing more, there's nothing before Him, after Him. In Him is all things, and in Him all things hold together. So here's the title of my message today. What I want to preach to you on is embrace the new, reject the old. Embrace the new, reject the old. This is a word not just for the 31st of December, not just for 2024. This is not a New Year's message. This is a life message. This is a word for your life. Embrace the new. Take hold of who Christ has called you to be, your true identity, who he's made you to be, blessed you to be, imparted you to be, and and recognize that you need to also at the same time reject your old self. Put off your former self. Take it off. Reject it. Being able to say, that's not me anymore. I'm not like that. I don't do that. That's not the way that I practice. That's not a way that I speak. This is who I am. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. He holds me together. Without him, I would fall apart, and before him, all things are held together. He is greater than, and in him, he's called me to greater things. It's not because of me. It's because of him. It's because he, he has called me and created me to be to embrace the new and reject the old. This is a tension. This is a tension that many of us, you know, as we get older in life, the maturity, we realize it's a tension that never goes away. Constantly forming and reforming and shaping and reshaping. Just when we think we got one end of our life sorted out, something else comes out. Just when you thought you got through the toddler stage, Boom, they start talking. You realize they're far more difficult when they were talking just when they were walking. You know, you know we all have these different things that go on in our life. And what, what, what Paul is describing here is the tension that we live in this life. Here we go. And we're coming to the end of the year. We're going to start another one. Just as we may have figured out some things in this year, guess what? There's going to be new trials, new challenges, new things to face, new different stuff that's going to go on in our life. And Paul is really referring to us here. He's, he's, he's highlighting the tension how we as Christians and those who follow Jesus or aspire to live like him and want to be like him and learn more like him, that we're living in the world but not of the world. That means that we can enjoy life, but there comes a time where enjoyment can cross the line, pleasure into sin, into consequence. All of us need to recognize this. We need to realize this, that we are alive here on earth. Yet, he says that we've died to our earthly selves. We've rejected our earthly lives. we, We are to embrace our heavenly treasures, our heavenly blessings, while we're still here on earth. It's crazy. What do you Christian would say? Yeah, amen. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense because it's this, it's this tension. It's this constant tension that I have that I'm here on earth, but yet I don't belong here. I'm living in my earthly body, but God has prepared a place for me in heaven. I'm here experiencing 
earthly things, but yet he tells me not to set my mind on earthly things, but rather to set my heart in heaven. Verse 9 and 10, it talks about our old self and our new self. Our old self used to walk in the way of sin. We used to live according to our flesh and our sinful nature, but our new self has been raised with Christ. We are a new creation. It says actually that we're constantly renewed. We don't just become new, we are renewed. Every day is a renewing. Every day is a mature. We are constantly renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator. And in verses 5 and 8 and 9 and Paul describes the way we used to walk, the life we used to live, our former life. And, and he describes here our external sinful nature and our internal sinful nature. How many Christians here today, is they love to highlight external sinful nature. Bad. Internal sinful nature was not as bad. And Paul here, he's stating that both are just the same. Both highlight within us the old way we used to live, the former life, the new way, that when we practice these things, we are practicing our old way, and we're not that way anymore. We are a new creation. It needs to be constantly renewed. In verses uh, 5, he, he talks about really the trinity of sin, which is sex, money, and power. Sex, sexual immorality, impurity, lustfulness, uh, money, which is the, the the desire of, the lust for, the greed of, and, and power, or the abuse of power, which is putting me above everybody else. And we see this in our world today, where it's me, myself, and I. We have a, an epidemic of loneliness. Why? Because everybody's trying to worry for themselves. And at the same time, what we're actually doing is we're living in such a way that is according to the old way and not the new way. But in verses 8 and 9, he talks about the internal sinful condition that honestly is it's harder to grasp like how do you quantify it and you know how, how do you, you i i do wrong things i know that's wrong but what happens when the internal sinful way which is anger anger that goes beyond you know righteous anger but it goes into rage malice like almost a, a hatred envy that goes beyond envy into jealousy what, what about how I use my tongue, my words, and how I speak? What about how I think? As Jesus says that you may think that to commit adultery is a sin, but I tell you, actually, even to think lustful thoughts is a sin. Wow, he just balanced the scale there. We, we struggle with this in church and Christian because we think one sin bad, other sin not so bad. But no, each is the same. Each is reflection of our old sinful nature which Christ says that we are no longer but we are a new creation and actually in verse 8 and 9 we talk looked at this external sin Jesus said that as Paul notes that by the speaking lies or using our tongue to to cause death comes from where it comes from the heart it's a reflection it is a, a reflecting our internal condition and so I wanted to have a little bit of fun today and illustrate for you a little bit about, about what this looks like. And John, would you just bring up, me up my, uh, my coat hanger, my two coats? These is, I got these in the, in the winter sales. No, I didn't. These, this is just two jackets. I know, traditional. One's black, one's white. One represents our physical state, and one represents our spiritual state. 
both are, you know, the exact replica of the other to the naked eye. Both look the exact same, you see, because in the physical realm, in our physical state, when we used to walk according to the way of our former selves and our flesh, we look just the same. You know, when we give our lives to Jesus, guess what? We leave here the same person. I came in here with my problems and my burdens and my past. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm leaving here with my problems and my burdens and my past. I look the same in the outside, but in the inside, I am new. In the inside, I am forgiven. In the inside, I have become a new creation. And so I want to show to you what it looks like in, in our lives and how we practically live this out. That's not staying for me, but it's all right. And we practically live this out, and so I need a, a, a nice model, a good model. And so I'm going to invite Jason to come forward. Come on, give him a massive round of applause. Jason loves open arms branding. He brands all of his own t-shirts and his jumpers. You see, that's my favorite color as well. And uh, here what we have, I'm just going to get Jason actually to... Jason brought this along because we prepared this earlier. And um, here we go, Jay. It fits you perfectly. Oh, there we go. And so here's what I want to illustrate for you today is Many of us, we become a new creation, but we live in our former way and our former self. Many of us receive within us, as Ephesians 1.3 says, that we receive heavenly blessings, actually our inheritance when we give our lives to Jesus, that they are unlocked and open to us, that what he has for us is far greater than actually the, the life that we live and, and, and our spiritual inner state becomes changed and renewed and, and made new, but we live and we leave this place and we'll enter into next year in our former selves. And what I've, what I've heard, actually, Alan's just going to come up and help me as well. See the way that these two guys wore black, very nice. Um, we have some eggs here today. Which I destroy! <laughs> the best way that I heard, some of you will have heard this before, but don't worry, it's going to have a different twist. The best way that I heard sin and the effect and the damage that it can have on us, because forgiveness is there always for our sin. Okay, that, that's the gospel. That's what actually Paul was slated for and bringing the gospel to the Gentile people because he, he was saying that, they, that, that God's mercies are new no matter what. That means that you may go out tonight and go on a, a binge and you go out and, and you just do the worst, obscure, uh, 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 you know, terrible things and you come to Jesus and you get on your knees and you uh, confess and repent and give your life to Jesus, you receive his forgiveness. Amen. That's the gospel. However, if you continue to go and to do those sins and to habitually sin and to continue to fall in that place, they will have consequences here on earth. They will have consequences in this moment. And one of the best ways that I heard it described sin or opening the door of sin or entering into sin, no matter if we are a new, a new Christian or Christian for many, many years, is like cracking an egg and trying to put it back. 
together. And this is what it looks like. It's messy. It's, can you imagine trying to put that back together? It's a mess. Here's what happens. Sin can take a moment to enjoy and a lifetime to fix and repair. Here's the thing. We don't call it sin. Call it fun, pleasure, enjoyment, letting off steam. It's just the way I am. It's just who I am. But here's what happens is each and every one of us, again, I've set the premise. There's no greater sin, lower sin, right? Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. We each and every one of us, no matter how good you think you are, don't worry, there's going to come a time where sin is going to remind you how bad you are because it's going to tempt you and the enemy is going to tempt you. But here's what happens and I've discovered about sin is sin stains and it's sticky and it's disgusting and it's, it's a little bit smelly because these are gone off for quite a long time. They kept them, I stored them up <laughs> just for you, Jay. Thanks, buddy. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Each and every one of us, we, we sin. We give in again. We, we fall again. We fail again. And what happens is we carry it around. We wear it. We may convince ourselves that we're not wearing it. But when we look in the mirror, we feel it. We sense it. When we view ourselves, this is what we see. We see a mess. We see the past. We see the failure. And we wear it. We walk around in it. We walk around our old, former selves. Here, Janine, would you just help me out for a second? This is what happens with external sin. She said it can be sex, money, power. And then we've got internal sin. We've got the sin that we, we carry along, the unforgiveness, the bitterness. This one more, honey. And what happens is many of us, we convince ourselves, I'm a good person. I'm a good person because I didn't sin like that. You know, we think to ourselves that we're, we're getting away with it, that we're... And what happens is it's pride sets in and we think that we're immune to it. Or we will label and call, hey, the church is so famous for this. <laughs> Actually, like a, a, a group of people, a set of people, no, if you are this way or that way, we can't accept, we can't welcome. It's not the gospel. Gospel is inclusive, not exclusive. Now, when you come in and you enter into the gospel, you got to get yourself, you know, allow Jesus to get in you and you and him and, and, the, and into the word and you got to mature and grow. If you're still coming here 30 years later, still repeating the same things over and over again, you need to get a bit of a smack in the face and cop on and clean up. But here's what happens for many of us. I use my hands this time. What happens is we've got internal sin that comes in the form of Rage, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, contempt, jealousy, envy, greed. All the things that each and every one of us hold on to and battle with. And, and then what happens is 
It comes from the heart. It flowers from the heart. <laughs> Alan nearly paid me 10 euro to put an egg in his head. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to him because he's a good guy. But here, here's, here's what happens. All, all these things is slander, gossip, lies, the use of, of bad language. That doesn't mean all of a sudden you're a sinner, you say F word or any word. But, but what it does is it's, it's a reflection and a condition of what's going on in the heart yeah. and what's going on within. And it comes from within. And we may convince others and ourselves that we are a good person because we don't do the outer sin. But here's the thing. People sense it. Yeah. They see it. They smell it. Mm. They pick it up off us. They see that they've got an edge to them. They've got a judgmental feeling to them. Yeah. They've got a, like a higher than, greater than, better than feel about them. They're someone, and they're one person to someone else and another person to others. Yeah. But everyone sees it. We need to become awakened to it. We need to become aware to it. We need to recognize that there is not one that's good and one that's bad. We each enter into our sinful condition, our sinful nature. And here's the thing, it's not about condemnation, but this is the message that Paul is conveying to us. This is what he wants us to hear. This is what I believe God wants us to hear. Verse 9, you have taken off your old self. Actually, the the direct interpretation from the ancient Koine Greek to to current English uh, translation can be better described as this. You have thrown away your rotten garments. This is what Jesus wants to do for us. You can finish that. Uh, This is what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to take off our former self, to throw away our rotten garments, to realize this is not the real you. This is not who you are. This, This does not describe you. This is the old self like a rotten garment. And here's what, here's what Christ wants to do. What he wants to do, verse 10, is he wants you to remind you that you've put on the new self. You are a new creation. You are created and renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. This is the real you. You are pure. You are clean. And the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to convince you this is you. And Christ wants to convince you, no, this is you. And when you look in the mirror and you don't see yourself with condemnation, instead you see yourself with the righteousness of Christ, what happens? You're no longer attracted to sin. Doesn't really give you that same pleasure because it's temporary. What you desire and search after is eternal, is heavenly blessings. Set your mind, set your hearts on things above. You are dead to that, but you're alive in Christ. This is the real you. This is who God wants you to see yourself as and to be. Because this is who he sees you as. Each and every one of us, we see ourselves and we see our sin. But when God our Father sees us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees his son. 
Jesus who died for our sin. Man, it's messy, it's dirty, it's constantly every day getting up, I mess up, I sin, and I need to take it off and put on. I need to stop that toxic thinking. I need to put on the mind of Christ. I need to stop hanging around with those people who are tearing me down. I need to find a community, a church. I I need to stop making my life all about me and who I am and where I should be and make it about others and being blessings to others and see myself as the creation in which Christ has called me to be. Come on, give Jason a massive round of applause. Four times he's done that. Here's what I ask you today. What self are you wearing? What self are you wearing? Maybe you're here and this, this is you. Like, this is you. You know that you are sinning. You are imbibing in and regularly using and giving into your sexual lusts and impurities. Your mind goes there. Maybe you're giving in to that desire for greed. My goodness, Ireland has has lost the plot where we're in there right up till Christmas Day and since Stephen's Day, back at it again. Traffic out the door, Dundrum, Liffey Valley, Blanchestown, Whitewater, if you're from Newbridge, Kildare Village, we've got them all. Greed, more, power, the abuse of power. What we're seeing more than ever are, there's this, this vast space between the, the haves and the haves not. Why? Because those in the middle don't care anymore. We've seen ourselves, this is what happened, where it's about everyone else having the problem, needing to fix the problem, rather than us doing something about it. Maybe you're here today and you, you need to clean up. You need to clear out. You need to cut it out. You need to stop it. And you can. It's not condemnation. But righteousness in Christ. But maybe you're also wearing the new self and pride has slipped in. You convince yourself I'm doing good. I'm a good person. But really, if you were to look deeper within, you'd recognize there's some things in me that need to die. I, 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 I experienced this just in this last 12, 18 months and gone through you know, difficulty after difficulty like every single person in life does. And I don't know if you've ever slipped into this, but say, woe is me. Why God? Like, I'm a good person. I do good things. Surely, isn't it, do good things, get good things? And what God revealed in me actually was the internal state was still sinful. The internal state, what he needed to work in on me and do good, deep surgery in me, needed to cut some things out of me because I wasn't being the dad that I could be, the husband that I could be, the friend, the leader, the pastor, the person, the man. Maybe you're here today and you recognize actually there's some deep work you need to do. You know, revisit your childhood. And revisit it because when you come to a place where something sets you off, you go back to who you were. And what God wants to do in you today is actually wants to reveal to you 
so that he can eliminate it from you. That you enter into 2024 not banging your head against the wall again and again and again and again and again. Sometimes you need to stop, do deep work so you can become someone new. Embrace the new and reject the old. No matter what self you're wearing today, I want you to know that there is hope. That there is life. That there is goodness. And here's what I believe. Just as I, I finish and I finish with these just three very simple things as we look at God's Word. And I believe that God's Word is so crucially important. That, that it's not about us wishing it up or, or if we could want it more, then it would happen. No, actually God's Word and His Holy Spirit empower us, equip us, and give us exactly what we need. Here's the very first thing that I believe that from verses 1 through 11 that Paul is noting to us here. Here's the first thing is embrace His heavenly blessings. Reject your earthly things. Verse 1 says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. To set is to direct one's mind. It is to, to, to place their thinking or disposition on what? On heavenly blessings, heavenly treasures, on things that are above and not below. That, that means that I'm not focused and fixated on what's here in the kingdom of earth but rather in the kingdom of heaven and my prayer is that I'll see heaven on earth that experiences heavenly blessings today and for my family and the New Living Translation says set your sights on the realities of heaven the Living Bible says the rich treasures and the joys of heaven verse 2 says set your minds on things above not on earthly things seek what he desires your prayer for this year should not be God give me what I want God, help me to desire what you want. Amen. It should be no other, uh, either Christians, you know what? We think sometimes we are to escape the world. That's about getting there. No, it's to be in the world, but not to be of the world. We're to get our directions from, from Christ, not our culture, but we're also to be focused on what's eternal and not temporal. And verse 3 says, for you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. You should have little desire for this world as a dead person does. It doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy life and enjoy the world, enjoy good things, but that should not be your heart's desire. In verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, we're getting to the end of days. We're closer now than ever before. You're closer to death than you've ever been before, right? It sounds, some people get so fixated on it. The end is coming. I'll tell you what, you know the best way to live? Live every day as if the end is coming. Live, live every day as if Christ is going to appear. Live every day. I'm waiting in expectation. Because there's going to come a day where I'll pass from this place. And I will go to be with him. But I'm going to enjoy today. Set my mind on heavenly things, but my prayers for heaven here on earth. Here's the second thing. Embrace his holy nature Reject your sinful desires. Embrace his holy nature. Hey, you're not that good. You're still you. You haven't changed. But yet, you can embrace his nature. You, you can take on the spirit of God living and active in you without produces the fruits of the spirit while rejecting your sinful desires. As verse 5 says, it says, put to death, therefore, these things. Put to death. You need to kill them. You need to deprive them of the power that they have in your life. Get rid of them. 
If you're among temptation, guess what? Get out of temptation. Kill them, deprive them. You need to have strategies for it. Getting out of that environment, getting out of that place, getting out of that frame of mind. Stop doing it if every time you do it, it draws you into sin. Wake up a little. The enemy has strategies to kill you, steal from you, deprive you, so we therefore need to have strategies to do the same, to sin, to death. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming, coming on those who are disobedient. Verse 7, you used to walk in the ways in which you once lived. The Amplified says that you used to be addicted to these practices. But now you also must rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. And these sins, these behaviors, the, the, the internal condition, that each one of them refers to our interpersonal relationships. See, oftentimes our external sin, it breaks the relationship between us and God. If I'm living in such a way that is pure and living according to the way of God, I, there's an intimacy there with God that like it just grows closer. And when I sin, it breaks that tie because shame enters in. I'm a bad person. I do bad things. God won't love me. But internal sinful nature, what it does is it disconnects us from other people. We see this in the church. We, we come from the world to Christ in the world. We, we come with our problems and all of a sudden we make each other the problem. And what happens is we become people known for gossip and slander and lies and putting it down and did you hear and did you that. We need to rid ourselves of these things so that we can have strong personal relationships with Christ and with one another. And here's the third thing is embrace his divine image. Reject your old self. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with his practices. Your old self is, in, in theological terms, it's your unregenerative self. It, it means it's a self that is reluctant to repent, that can't renew. You ever, you ever seen someone that's just so stuck in their ways that you see it obvious, like what they need to do? That's someone who's stuck in their former selves. The message version says, do not lie to each other. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put on the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Verse 10, you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. It's being renewed. Here's one definition of one scholar noted about this verse that the, the term renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator is like a baby that is born complete. When a baby is born, it's born as a human. It's a complete human, but it's immature. It has the capacity to grow. Being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator is recognizing that we have the capacity to grow. We have the capacity to become someone new. Actually to become more in the image and likeness of our creator. To become more like him. That we can't get to the depths of him. We can't reach the heights of him. We can't get to the width of him. That his love is deep and more and is always there. This unquenchable thirst that we have. That there is more for you. 
You've convinced yourself that you've come to the place of limitation. And what I believe that God wants to do today is get you to place to stop making New Year's resolutions and start praying to God to give you a new dream, a new desire, and you fervor and fire and, and desire and want and passion for more, for greater. Stop living in your old way. Start living in your new way. Start viewing yourself as a new creation, a new man, a new woman. Start seeing yourself as the royalty in which he sees you as. Don't allow the enemy convince you that you are worthless, that you are shameful, that you are guilty, that you, are, you deserve nothing. That is a lie. You were, but now you are. You were a sinner, but now you are saved. Once we commit our lives to Jesus and give our life to him and receive his forgiveness, we become new creation. Hang on, invite the worship team to come back up here as we finish and finish with verse 11. Verse 11 says, here, in this place, in this new life where there is renewal, it says there is no Gentile or Jew. In other words, it means that you're not defined by who you are, where you came from, or education, or the lack of it. There is no uncircumcised or uncircumcised based on your religious rules, set of regulations, legalistic. There's no barbarian or Scythian. Maybe you, be, you, you, you came from Newbridge. You came from Kildare. You, you came from Sandyford. You came from Timbuktu. It doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you experience, doesn't matter what you walk through, every walk in life, it says that, that there is no slave or free. But what? Christ is all and is in all. He's everything. He's all you need. Doesn't matter what stage of the journey you're in, doesn't matter how many sin you've committed, it doesn't matter to the extent of what you've walked through, the burdens that you've been carrying, the shame that you have, it doesn't matter. Christ is all and is in all. He is everything that you need. He's all that you need. And if you have him, you need nothing more. He is everything. And he sees you as his everything. He sees you as his precious son and daughter. And maybe this new year is not about doing something new. Maybe it's about seeing in a new way. If you could see yourself how he sees you, imagine what you could do. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads with me for a moment? And just in this place between you and God. His Holy Spirit is here. And in this moment, he might be revealing to you certain areas that you need to repent of. Man, I know I've got certain areas. I've got things, I've got ways of thinking, of doing, of falling back into. I need it. I need God to cut it out of me. So what do I do? I, I repent, I confess, I say I'm sorry, and I mean it. I receive his forgiveness, and I begin walking with him. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Still leave here as the same person. 
but within, I hold a new hope for a new day, new mercy, new grace. I wonder today, would you just pray within your heart right now, no matter if you don't know Jesus or you've known Jesus since the day you were born, whatever it is, but you know you need to come to him. Would you just say these words with me and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I confess of my sin. I need your forgiveness. I choose today to follow you. I believe in my heart that I am forgiven, that I am set free. I am saved in Jesus' name. Well, let's give God praise this morning.